Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Hello, Ginny Buckley. Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. Hello, Jan. Thank you for having me. Meet you at last. Well, it's nice to meet you at last, too, uh, across the pond. Ginny is coming to us from Yatton. How do you pronounce your town? Yatton. Yatton. I got it. All right. Well, you have quite the number of interests, very unique, very interesting, and we're so excited to talk to you. You've also written a very interesting story that appears now in the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, but tell us a little bit about Yatton. Where is it? And help orient those of us, especially in the U.S., who may not be familiar with your town. Yatton is a small, small town or large village just south of Bristol in the southwest of the U.K. It has a population of about 7,000 people, so it's really quite small. Quite a vibrant village, though. I have to confess, I've looked at your photos on Facebook. I see pictures of sheep and horses. Is it a rural community? It's what you'd call semi-rural. So one direction, there's lots of, there's farmland. The other direction, it's quite urban. Tell us a little bit about your family. I'm married to Martin, have been for 32 years. We're both very active in our local church. He is not a pastor, but he is a preacher at our church and has various other jobs to do. I have three daughters, Hannah, Leah and Miriam, who are grown up now. Only Miriam is at home. She's training to be a hairdresser, so she's very useful. (laughs) Leah is a nurse up in Scotland. And Hannah works for the Ministry of Defence. Oh my goodness. So they're busy girls. And your daughter, who is a nurse, how has COVID affected her and her job? Fortunately for us, she hasn't been on a COVID ward. Okay. The hospital where she's working has been very busy, much busier than usual. They've had extra patients on the wards, but she's kept well. And fortunately, everything's okay with her. So we haven't got to see her very often. Oh, yeah, I guess so. So besides the husband and daughters, there's another important member of your family named Olive, I believe, right? There is indeed. Tell us about Olive. Olive is our Italian Spinoni, which is a breed of dog. Um, They're gun dogs. She's 18 months old and she's a lot of fun. Quite a big dog, but she's obsessed with anything feathery. So taking her out for walks is quite entertaining, but she's a a lovely, gentle character. She has a very pleasant, very lovely character. Now, the breed of dog is Italian Spinoni, and I had to look that up, and it said it was extremely rare in the U.S., but is it a common breed over in England? Not particularly. No, people don't generally know what they are, I must say. There are pockets of them, all over, over the world, and we keep in touch through a Facebook group. Hmm. So we've had to travel quite a distance to get her. Um, oh. But there are there are quite a few in America. They're rare, but there are quite a few. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, okay. 
Keeping with the animal theme, your Facebook profile picture has you holding a giant snail. What is that all about, Ginny? At our church, I run a group for parents and toddlers. And a year or so ago, we had a visit from a local zoo farm and they brought various animals for the children to hold and to look at. Um, They brought gerbils and tortoises and guinea pigs. And one of the things they brought was Sydney, the giant African land snail. And I said, well, as long as you don't expect me to touch that, it's fine. Anything else, anything furry, it's okay. But after a while, I thought, come on, you're a big girl now. Grow up. You can do this. And actually, he put his head out of his shell as he sat on my hand and waved his antennae at me. And I was really rather in love with him after a while. (laughs) But I don't want one. Well, I wasn't sure by looking at your photo whether he he was yours or not. Now, you call the Evergreen Equestrian Center your happy place. Tell us about that. When I was a little girl, I didn't have riding lessons at all, but it was something I always wanted to do. And so when I was about 21, I decided I was going to do this and I started having riding lessons. Over the years, I sort of rode on and off. And then about 20 years ago, I started going to Evergreen Equestrian Centre, which is run by a lovely lady called Lizzie. And I go there once a week to have a riding lesson just in an arena. We sometimes do jumping. We sometimes do dressage work. And I wouldn't say I was particularly good at it, but I get a lot of joy from the time that I spend at Evergreen. It's there. It's lovely. And do you have a special horse that you ride? I do have a favourite at the moment whose name is Marnie. She's an Appaloosa who is about 16-2, quite a big girl. But yeah, she's a very nice character, very gentle soul. We're getting to understand each other very well. Oh, that's nice. Now, you volunteer for an organization called British Hen Welfare. Tell us about the organization and what do you do with them? Basically, the British Hen Welfare rescue chickens which have lived in battery sheds. So commercially produced chickens, they take them from the battery sheds and then they rehome them with people who want chickens as pets. My neighbour, who has hens of her own, just asked me if I'd like to go and help her one day. And so I've done this, well, four or five times now. We go to a location, there's a lady who lets us use her garage and her courtyard of her house. We wait there. It's almost a bit secretive. We wait there and a van will arrive with cages of chickens, which we release into a big pen. And then people who've pre-booked will come and they'll collect the chickens in fours or sixes and take them off to have a happy life, really. Wow. And do you have chickens? Or you just help? I just help. I would love to have some chickens, but my dog would love them even more, I think. So that was not (laughs) such a good idea. Well, when I asked the question, I thought, oh, I bet Olive would like chickens. Uh, Oh, (laughs) yes. I also know that you enjoy camping. Yes, I do like going camping. We went into Yorkshire earlier in the year. That was really nice. As soon as lockdown was lifted and we were able to go on holiday, we went off with our tent and, and camped in Yorkshire, which was very nice. So is this roughing it or sometimes we call it glamping where it's glamorous camping? 
it's somewhere between the two. I make sure we have an electric hookup so we can take our little fridge and we can have like electric light. And we can also have a heater if it gets a bit cold at night. So not really roughing it, no. Oh, how fun. And when you're not camping or rescuing hens, you like jigsaw puzzles too? I do like jigsaw puzzles, yes. I do quite a few jigsaw puzzles. I like knitting as well. I do an awful lot of knitting and keep um, the girls keep saying to me, oh, my friend's having a baby. Can you just knit this for me? Or so-and-so needs a pair of socks. Can you just knit this for them? So when I'm not sewing and when I'm not doing jigsaws and things, I'm often knitting. And when did you start sewing? I started using my mum's sewing machine when I was 10 or 11. But it's something that I've always been interested in. When I was very small, my mum produced sewing cards for me where she would basically draw a picture on a piece of cardboard and then punch holes into the picture so I could go up and down with a needle and a piece of wool and follow the outline of the picture. So it started like that, I suppose. Hand sewing. Yes. Yes. Uh Uh It's just something I've always enjoyed, really. Well, I think that's probably something many of us have in common, those of us that make purses, or as you would say, bags for So Powerful. Now, you volunteer for So Powerful, and you've made a number of purses, and you've also done some fundraisers as well. In your story, you talked about hosting a coffee morning at your church, and that's not a familiar term in the U.S., so tell us what a coffee morning is in general, and then we'll talk about the one that you did specifically for So Powerful. Okay. A coffee morning is an organized event in a church hall or a village hall, some public place like that. You turn up, pay for your coffee or your cup of tea, and then you drink it socially around small tables, you know, chatting with friends. There would usually be one or two stalls where you could buy homemade cakes or maybe other types of produce as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you decided to host a coffee morning at your church to benefit So Powerful. When was that? It was in 2017 was the first one, about June or July time. I can't remember the exact Mm. date. And so when you hosted it, had you been making purses by that time? I had just for a few months. It was something that really, really gripped me. And I thought Mm -hmm. I'd read somewhere that it cost about $5 to cover the contents of each purse. So I thought, well, it's not fair to send the purses without the money. That just didn't seem right. So I went round all the ladies in the church. We have about 60 people. And I went to all the ladies and said, please, can you make me a cake for Saturday? Um, (laughs) For the cake store. Whereas normally you'd just say, oh, there's going to be a coffee morning please can you make cakes just as a general sort of you know announcement but I actually asked people specifically if they would come and make me a cake because I thought that way more people will turn up because they'll have to deliver the cakes to me and we actually did really well. Yeah in your story you said that you raised 550 pounds and Mm -hmm. so I did the exchange rate which is 715 US dollars which I mean that's significant Mm -hmm. that's a lot. Yeah. So you did another event, a bread and cheese lunch, right? Yeah. 
Now, that's not a common thing in the U.S. either. So tell us about that. They're not very common here, to be honest. It oh. was something that our church thought up. And once a month, again, it's a charity event. We'll stay behind after the church service in the morning. Somebody will choose a charity and they will organise the lunch for that month. And they will literally provide bread and cheese. So bread rolls, nice cheese, warm, crusty bread. And we'll sit and we'll eat together. And then at the end, when we've finished eating, the people who've organised that week or that month's lunch will talk about their charity, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. their chosen charity. And people will make donations in lieu of what they would spend on their lunch at home. And so you chose to talk about So Powerful? Yeah. And so at that one, you raised 370 pounds, which at today's exchange rate is almost $500. So um, that's very significant. That is very yeah. significant. Now you have done another fundraiser where you sent another 550 pounds. Is that right? Yes. I think that was another coffee morning. Okay. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. in your story. So I added this all up. And you've sent in enough to fill 382 purses, which is, wow! I know that's amazing. 382 girls now have a chance at a better life because of your fundraising efforts. So Jenny, that's amazing. Why don't we take a quick break and we're going to talk a little bit more about purse making and your work was so powerful. So let's take a quick break. Have you gotten the second edition of the We Are So Powerful book? This updated version of the original bestseller, 4.9 out of 5 stars, by the way, is again authored by So Powerful co-founders Jason and Cinnamon Miles. It is available on Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle reader. This latest edition is packed full of moving stories about how So Powerful came to be the volunteers who make it happen, and the way this small movement has grown into a global mission to break the cycle of poverty through education and the dignity of work. And don't forget, when you place your order, if you use smile.amazon.com and designate So Powerful as your preferred charity, Amazon will donate a portion of your purchase right back to So Powerful. And now back to our podcast. Welcome back. We've been talking with Ginny Buckley and her very busy and interesting life that she has in Yatton, England. She wrote a story and described her involvement with So Powerful, including several very lucrative fundraising events that she held there in her hometown. Ginny, tell us about how you found So Powerful to begin with. Okay. I was looking on the internet back in 2017, just thinking to myself, it would be nice if I could make a ball gown for my daughter's school ball, which is like your prom. I was kidding myself really, because I knew that there was no way she was going to go in a dress that I'd made, but I just liked the <laughs> idea. And as I was looking at various patterns, one of the adverts that always pops up on the side of the screen was for a charity called So Powerful which I'd never heard of, but I looked at it and I thought, oh, that looks quite interesting, you know, um, looked a bit further and it just 
really, really spoke to me. I think I said in my story, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman. I don't know if it's because I've got three daughters myself. But I just thought, what a terrible, terrible situation for these girls to be in. Mm-hmm. And it just really, really moved me. So I downloaded a pattern and I made a bag. And I thought, actually, that's really nice. I really like that. And I enjoyed making it. And that's something that I can do. And looking back, I realized that it was God calling me mm-hmm. and saying, I've given you this talent and this is why I've given it to you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that gives me chills. That's wonderful. So that was in 2017, that would have been what we call the intermediate pattern, right? Yes, that's right. And yes. have you moved on to the beginner pattern or did you stick with the original? I like the original better, I must admit. But if there's a posting date approaching, then I move on to the beginner one because you can produce more, you can get them done more quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's also a lady in our church has an embroidery machine, which I don't have. So she's embroidering some beautiful bag flaps for me, which lend themselves very nicely to the beginner pattern. Mm-hmm. So when she's given me a batch of flaps, then I make beginner patterns. Oh, so it's a group effort. Oh, absolutely. Yes, oh, it is. How wonderful. Yeah. And and do you get any of the other ladies in your church involved besides attending your coffee mornings? Yes, we've had two or three sewing days that I organized. About eight people turned up each time um, with their sewing machines and all their equipment. And we sat and at the first one, I talked people through the bags. I sat them down, I'd printed off the patterns for each, I'd cut out a kit for each, and we did it together, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. including a little girl who was only eight years old, actually. It was just before her ninth birthday. She sat at my machine and every step of the way, I said it was right, pin that, stitch that. And she was an absolute natural. She made an intermediate bag, aged eight. And it looked fantastic. And has that bag been sent in? Yeah. That was one of the 2017 bags that I sent. So yeah. a girl somewhere in Zambia has that bag that your eight-year-old protege made and yeah. now it's changed her life. That's fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. So I always have to ask everybody, do you make the strap out of the matching or coordinating fabric or do you use webbing to make a strap? I have to confess I'm a webbing girl. Oh, all right. Me too. All right. We call it team webbing. I recently spoke with Donna Mosinski and we have many things in common, but she's team strap and I'm team webbing. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I understand that in August of 2019, when So Powerful had a booth, I think it was in London, if I'm not mistaken. Is that true? Birmingham. Oh, in Birmingham. That's right. It was in Birmingham. You participated and worked in the booth and met several of the other So Powerful volunteers. So tell us all about that experience. I was sent a message by a lady called Sandy Sim, who is the UK coordinator, saying there's going to be a So Powerful booth at the National Exhibition of Quilts in Birmingham. Would you be able to come and help man the stall? And I had to think about it and then said to myself, well, yes, of course I can. It'll be fun. Um, So I set off. It's about an hour and three quarters drive from where where I live. So Mm -hmm. set off nice and early, got there. And I met Jason and Cinnamon and 
Sandy Sim, who was one of the main volunteers. Um, I met Louise Ambrosi. I met a lady called Sandy Snowden, who was helping as well, who unfortunately has since passed away. But we just had a fantastic day. There were women at the exhibition from all over the world. And we almost had a little competition with ourselves to see how many flyers we could give out. And I can't remember what the number was, but it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was just a fantastic experience. And I was so looking forward to going again this year. But unfortunately, COVID put an end to that. But yeah. next time it happens, I will be there. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. And so can you describe the booth? What did the booth look like? It was quite small. It was possibly about six feet square, something like that. Um, the booths were all one up against the other. There weren't any gaps in between. So it was something we stood in front of. Um, the purses were hanging on the back wall and the two side walls so people could see them. And we had flyers to give out. We had packs made up that people could buy if they wanted to. We had one or two patterns, I think, printed off as well. Okay. And we had snacks pushed under the tablecloth at the front. <laughs> <laughs> yes, to sustain so, you, I know. Absolutely, you... they were essential snacks. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and that sounds a lot like the way we had done the quilt shows in the US as well. So um, that's that's always interesting to know that no matter where we are in the world, we're way more similar than we are different. Absolutely, yeah, we are. Ginny, I want to thank you so much for your time and sharing your talents with So Powerful and taking the time today to tell us about your background and all the work that you've done. It's just been so inspirational to get some ideas from you about different fundraising activities besides making the purses. So I appreciate it and I wish you a So Powerful day. Thank you very much. It's been lovely to talk to you, Jan. I've really enjoyed it. You as well. Thank you. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now, go out and have a So Powerful day. <laughs>